Our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 26, and this will also be the text for the sermon this morning. Our Lord Jesus says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as Pastor Larry said, I'm uh, Pastor PJ Stolman. I'm uh, visiting today from Denver, Colorado, um, originally from the great state of Minnesota. Any Minnesotans out there? All right. All right. There's always one, right? Yeah. We're everywhere. Um, so I moved here to Colorado about four years ago, and now I'm... Uh, Probably going to stick around. It's one of my favorite states and, uh, you know, uh, as beautiful as you can see and know. Um, and especially the summers, right, are, are wonderful. Um, so I'm glad to be able to guest preach with you today. Um, uh, right now I'm doing full-time counseling. Um, so I was at Pastor Larry's church, um, Summit of Peace in Thornton. Uh, now I'm doing full-time counseling. I get to guest preach uh, around the areas. So... I wanted to start out today um, as we look at the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10 and uh, Jesus' uh, words of comfort to us. I wanted to start out with a little poem, and uh, it's called Stiltsville. And we're going to, uh, it's by Max Licato, if anybody's read anything by him. Um, we're going to talk today about the fear of not mattering fear of not mattering. And we're going to start out with a poem called The Villagers of Stiltsville. Perhaps you don't know, but maybe you do, about Stiltsville the village, 
so strange, but yet true. Were people like we, some tiny, some tall, with jobs and kids and clocks on the wall? Keep an eye on the time for each evening at six. They meet in the square for the purpose of sticks. I know, it's pretty interesting, yeah. Tall stilts upon which stilts villains can strut and be lifted above those down in the rut. The less and the least, the tribe of two smalls, the cool, not cools and have-nots who want to be tall. But can't because in the giving of sticks, their name was not called. They didn't get picked. Yet still they come when villagers gather. They press to the front to see if they matter. To the click of the cool, the cord of high clout that decides who is special and declares with a shout, you're classy, you're pretty, you're clever or funny, and bequeath a prize, not of metals or money, not a freshly baked pie or a house someone built, but the oddest of gifts, a gift of some stilts. Moving up, in their, moving up is their mission, going higher their aim. Elevate your position is the name of the game. The higher-ups of Stiltsville, you know if you've been there, make the biggest to-do of the sweetness of thin air. They relish the chance on their high apparatus to strut on their stilts the ultimate status. For isn't life best when viewed from the top? Unless you stumble and suddenly are not. So sure of your footing, you tilt and then sway. Look out below, and you fall straight away. Into the two smalls, hoi polloi of the earth, you land on your pride, and oh boy, how it hurts. When the chick police and the jilt of all jilts don't offer to help, but instead take your stilts. Who made you king, you start to complain, but then notice the hour and forget your refrain. It's almost six, no time for chatter. It's back to the crowd to see if you matter. I think it uh, kind of captures uh, this desire, right? This search for, do I matter? You kind of think of it as the Amazon River out of which a thousand fears flow. If you think about this, how many, how many actions, how many things do, do we do in our life and the people do in our life to make sure they can answer this question, right? And a lot of times this is unconsciously driven because we don't think about it because this is just what we're told day to day and in our world and our culture. Uh, and we just think, oh, this is what I need to do, right? I need to sh- show other people that I matter. Everyone has to answer this question, right? Somehow. I mean, if you believe uh, that you don't matter, does that make it pretty hard to live this life? Pretty hard. Uh, If you believe that you don't matter, you'll probably be, right, struggle with a lot of depression and you feel like you won't do anything because I don't matter. What's the point? So you have to answer this question, right? You have to answer it somehow um, to get that confidence, that value, right? And so we have a way of, of answering it, don't we? There we go. How do we matter? How does the world say this, right? It's all about the right stuff. Got to look right, right? Got to work out. You got to be attractive. You got to wear the right clothes. Know the right people, 
If I get enough followers, if I get enough likes, if I get enough social media views, right? If I get enough <laughs> Snapchat likes or whatever, or comments. Um, if I'm with the popular people, if I'm with the wealthier people, if I'm with the big people of status, you know, uh, the, the influencers, right? And people will think I'm special. If I know the right things, right? I know all the answers. I'm such a smart Christian or, you know, I know all the right things. I'm a problem solver. I can, I can figure anything out if someone gives me a problem or I always know what to say to people when they're hurting. I always know, you know, how to respond to someone who's, who's in conflict with me. And maybe I take pride in that. Maybe it's in raising the right people, right? It's like, I'm going to make my kids and grandkids the best kids ever, right? And this is how I'm going to know that I matter because they're going to be awesome at whatever they do and, and or sports, and they're going to look amazing and be wonderful people. Make the right amount of money, right? And what's interesting is it depends on where you live, right? I mean, <laughs> make a lot of money here, you're kind of like, well, this is just what people do, right? Um, if you're in the inner city, right, people think you're really rich or in a third world country, right? And so it's interesting how that even changes depending on where we live, right? I mean, if I was living in, in Africa somewhere, people would think I'm incredibly rich, right? Um, so it's make the right amount of money, own the right things, right? I got the coolest gear. I got the newest iPhones. I got the, right, got the coolest adventure gear and the snowboards and the mountain bikes and, right, and the newest stuff and the best uh, forerunner, ah, love the forerunner, um, right? I wanted to get it, but it was too much. I'm sorry. I just settled for a different Toyota, um, right? If I get that stuff, then people will think I'm cool, right? I'll be able to do what I want to do, achieve the right things, right? I can list my graduations, my awards, my, right? I don't know, recognitions, what people say about me, the affirmations people give me, um, Right? Or I live right. Or I do the right things. I'm a good person, right? We try to tell ourselves, I do matter because I'm a good person. Everybody else is, you know. <laughs> I always laugh when people say, I was a good sermon pastor. People really need to hear that one. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> it's like not me, but those people, those other people. Yeah, they really need to hear that one. Yeah, you tell them. Yeah. How do we know we matter? We, it's all about doing the right things, right? Does any of this resonate with you or someone you know, right? You, you, this is how we figure it out, right? And it kind of makes sense, right? It, because we, when we do these things, we get affirmed from other people that seems to tell us that we matter. And, and uh, a lot of times we, we'll just do this and we won't even think about what's, what's happening, But Jesus, in our gospel reading, has something quite different, right? He actually doesn't say we need any of these things. First of all, in, uh, the first thing he says in our gospel reading is, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people might do to you or say to you because you follow me, because you're a Christian. And he lists some pretty crazy stuff, doesn't he? He's... Uh, last week you heard about uh, literally um, sons rising against their fathers and daughters rising against their mothers and 
actually handing them over to be put to death, right? Uh, Daughter-in-law rising against mother-in-law and the conflicts. And um, a lot of times we have plenty of family issues uh, without the whole religious uh, spiritual aspect, right? And there can be already a lot of problems in our life. So it begs the question like, God, why would I want to add more trouble and hardship to my life, right? Because as beautiful as it is here, it's, it's still, a life is hard, isn't it? I mean, we can, we can live in the best place ever, but we still have to deal with life, don't we? We still have physical pain. We still have emotional pain. We still have relational problems. We still have uh, issues, right? And people hurting us and betraying us and disappointing us and figuring out who we are and why we're here, and Right? So all that stuff doesn't go away. And it, it directly ties into that last verse as well of our gospel party, that Jesus says, if you want to find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, for me, you'll find it. And like the villagers of, of Stiltsville and um, uh, all the ways that we will try to know that we matter in this world, it's kind of like we're trying to find our life, isn't it? We're trying to hold on to that. How do I know I'm important? How do I know that I, I have value? How do I know that I have a life and living a life of purpose? Well, i got to be doing all this stuff. Jesus says, no, no, you don't. Actually, I've already given that value to you. I've already given it to you. And that's the only thing that can free us to follow him into the hardship and follow him into letting go of these things. And so Jesus knows we're going to be afraid, right? He knows we're going to have problems. He knows we're going to face resistance, not only just in this world living, but as Christians. And it's easy to uh, always, we kind of talk about this because, you know, we don't have persecution here. We don't, we're not, in fear of our lives, right? Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Maybe one day. But sometimes we kind of hear this, and it's just like, yeah, it's not really a big deal, right? But the truth is, if we want to live and to follow Jesus, really advance the kingdom of God, do you think the devil is going to like that? <laughs> He's not going to like that. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter right where you live. You will experience resistance if you want to follow Jesus. If you're not experiencing any resistance, right, you need to ask the question, am I really taking this seriously? Because Jesus tells us this, right, to, to warn us, right? To let us know that, hey, there's, there's going to be resistance from the world. You're in a broken world. You're in the, uh, the devil. He's out there, right? Uh, your sinful flesh is going to be rising up against you. And, and how do we handle this? Do we handle it by clinging on to our stuff so that we know we matter? So that we know that we have in our own terms? Or do we... Learn to let go. The way that Jesus tells us that we value, you know, you might, not, you might think it's kind of strange, but he says, you're more valuable than a sparrow. So, right. 
I mean, have you ever tried that? And like, I do counseling, right? Have you ever tried that when someone's depressed? Just like, listen, you're so much more worth, worth more than that bird over there. <laughs> Feel better. Come on, cheer up. Right? I, I've never tried it, but uh, I might have to pull it out one of these days. But right now it's like, gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so two sparrows were sold for a penny, right? Okay, I'm worth more than that. Oh, great. Yeah, that's that's really helping. But that's not really that's not really the point, right? That's that would be what we call the uh, wrong way to uh, interpret what Jesus is saying, right? What Jesus' point is is that the thing that seems so insignificant, that is valued so least by this world, is actually treasured more than you can imagine by your Father in heaven. So he actually uses the lack of significance to prove the significance that you have in his eyes. Yeah, you know the sparrows? You know how they sold two for a penny? You know, uh, the Gospel of Luke even tells us uh, if you buy five, you, you get one free, right? So you get uh, five for two pennies. Yeah, so it's quite a deal, right? The poor would buy them and uh, one-sixteenth of a day's wage and would eat them for food. It's like, yeah, yeah, what about them? Who cares? I mean, the truth is, right, you're never going to hear this, right? <laughs> we interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this breaking news. Yeah, uh, President Biden, yeah, Sparrow just died. Our nation is in shock. We need all Americans to come together right now. And <laughs> right? Let's be strong and show America we're united. Right? You'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. What is wrong with you people? It's a bird, right? But yet, that's, it's not in Jesus, not in Jesus' eyes. It says not even one of them falls to the ground apart from the will of your Father. Literally, every single bird that dies is, is not apart from the will of God. He knows intimately all of his creation and cares about it that much. I mean, we count pounds on the scale, right? We count money in the bank. We count uh, our list of achievements. We count our attractive features that we have or other people has. God, he counts sparrows, and he counts hair. Yeah. Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. I know what you guys are thinking, right? <laughs> Steve comes to the sad realization that the days of the hairs of his head are also numbered. Uh, so uh, that, that would be me, yeah. Uh, and you know how many hairs are actually on the average human head? How many strands of hair? It's not me. There's a lot here. You guys can't see. It's the lighting, I think. But there's actually a lot. So no guesses? 100,000. 100,000 strands of hair on the average human head. Now, I want you to think about that. How many of you, when you find a piece of hair, will go and call all your friends and post it all over social media? Now, what usually happens when you find a piece? Oh, that's so gross. Get it out of my food. Oh, it's in my food, right? Oh, you're at a restaurant and there's hair. Send it back, 
right? It's like we're disgusted, right? But Jesus says, no. Every single strand of your hair is precious to me. That's how intimately I know you. That's how intimately I care about you. Those things that you view as insignificant, I attach great significance. And this is what sets us free. It's a value that Jesus has already placed on us. We don't go into this life, and it's such a heavy burden, isn't it, to try to, to, try to prove that you matter to someone or other people? It's such a heavy burden. You'll wear yourself out. You might look out on the outside, but inside you'll be, you'll be worn out. God doesn't want that. And when you're worn out by all the, all the chores of trying to figure out how much you matter and am I there yet and do I have enough people that like me yet, what else happens is we, we lose energy to actually do the things God is calling us to do, right? We don't want to then go into all those other things because we're too busy with everything else, Right? I need my money for this. I need my money for this. I got time. I got to do this. I got to go buy this because this is what matters. I got to matter. This is what a life that matters. And we got to think about, too, because one of the reasons we fall so much into this is because people tell us this. Do they not? Right? Not necessarily directly, but unconsciously. Sometimes it's just with a look, Right? Or like, I don't want to hang out with you. I won't respond. I won't spend time with you. You know, I won't really converse with you. I won't pay attention to you. Right? Because you don't have the right things. Because you're not the right kind of person. You're not a person that will benefit me and my life. And my pursuit for importance. You'll only get in the way And even in the church, we have this, right? And this is why that we so easily fall into it. But the truth is, God not only wants this for you, but he wants you to to be a vessel so that you speak this in the lives of other people who are no doubt feeling the same things. That as you realize your importance is just with what Jesus says and has given to you, you impart that with other people who are also tired of, of trying to run the rat race of, of figuring out if they matter and making a life that matters. So you know what? I value you just for who you are. I value you just for who you are because you are God's child. And you are created. Amazing. And it's not about what you have. It's not about uh, where you are that determines our significance. Our significance is, is based on, uh, right, following Christ in this life. If we want to live the life of the most significance, then we commit it to following Jesus. That is what he says is the abundant life. So we think about not only what we say to ourselves, but to other people, right? Um, but it's easy. It's really easy to, to get caught in this uh, idea of, that I value or in the false idea that I value because I have these right things. That's maybe the, the harder part. 
and then we don't want to let go of them because that's our value. Well, there's a, a movie uh, by Robin Williams, uh, Hook. Anybody seen this one? Well, kind of an oldie, yeah. Can't believe it's this old already. Starting to feel older. Um, but yeah, 90s. Robin Williams is Peter Pan. You guys know the story of Peter Pan, right? Okay, yeah. Robin Williams is Peter Pan, but he's an adult, and he's, he's grown up, and he's, he's kind of gotten overweight. He's out of shape, and uh, he doesn't remember who he is, right? And they take him to Never Neverland, and uh, all the other kids who saw him when he was young, they're like, that's not Peter Pan. Look at him. He's like, he doesn't even look like him. He's, he's out of shape. He's, you know, he can't fight. He can't fly. He's, uh, he doesn't even believe that's who he is. And so they start to make fun of him, right, and tell him that's, that's not who he is. And he says, he's like, yeah, that's not who I am. But there's a, a part in the movie where it's the smallest kid, right, smallest kid walks up to him, and he looks at him, and he starts touching his face. He starts moving his face around. And he moves his mouth until he gets him to smile and he takes off his glasses and he says, there you are. There you are, Peter. That's what God does to us. See, we're all caught up. We believe we don't matter. We believe unless I have this, I matter. I believe I am who I am because of what I created, right? I created, I did this for myself. I worked hard. I, got, I made the money. I made my status. I've got all these cool stuff. I've done all these cool things. I live in an amazing place. And God looks at our face. And he sees through it. He sees our doubt. He sees our fear. He sees our relentless pursuit. Until we, we look back at him. Into those loving eyes that accept us, that know us so deeply and still look with love. And he says, there you are. There you are. Created you fearfully and wonderfully. I knit you together in the mother, my mother, your mother's womb. I, all my works are wonderful. There you are. I died on the cross for you. You mattered so much to me that I suffered for all of your sins in your place. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There you are. I called you to fruit. Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last forever. This world is passing away, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There you are. Follow me. Even before a word is on your tongue, I know it. Even before a day is lived, I know it. There you are. There's actually an ending to our poem by Max Lucado. Written it out for us. Still civilians still cluster, and crowds still clamor. 
But more step away, they seem less enamored. Since the carpenter came and refused to be stilted, he chose low over high, left the system tip-tilted. You matter already, he explained to the town. Trust me on this one. Keep your feet on the ground. Jesus upset it all, didn't he? All their ways of figuring out value, purpose, identity. He came as the son of God and he chose nothing. He chose service. And yet he lived the greatest life anyone's ever lived. That's why he calls us to follow me. It's not about creating this image of life that makes us so that we matter or other people think that we matter, right? That's a waste. Our life is best lived as we follow Jesus into suffering, into giving things up, into generosity, as he uses us to create eternal difference in the lives of others. Whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Letting go of all those ideas of what I think life is, what people tell me life is, what I need to do, all my plans, all my dreams, I let go and I embrace what God has given to me and what he's calling me to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God surpasses all human understanding. Lord God, and keep our hearts and minds firmly in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.